know if you've ever asked yourself maybe why Jesus came in such an unsuspecting, such a low-key, such a kind of an unnoticed way. I mean, he could have came with grand announcement. No doubt there were targeted announcements, right? I mean, the angels in the sky to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest. But by and large, he came very humbly and very simply. He didn't come to some rich dwelling. He came to a stable. He didn't come with large crowds surrounding him. He came unnoticed. I think that's because more than just having an entourage, he wanted followers whose hearts were with him. The prophet Jeremiah would tell us this, if you seek me, you will find me. You seek me with all of your heart. And so Jesus didn't need to be born in the most populated urban setting of the day. He could be born in Bethlehem because if the people of God were seeking, they would know what Micah 5, 2 said when it said, but you Bethlehem, though were you least among the clans of Judah, out of you will come one who will rule my people whose origin is from old. And so Jesus came with the intention of searching out for you, for me, for anyone who genuinely wanted to know him and would place their faith and trust in him. You know, for the greater majority of our series, Born is the King, we've been spending time, and rightfully so, in the book of Matthew, because Matthew wrote to the Romans to show that Jesus is the King. After all, that was Pilate's pronouncement on the cross, right? His message was, this is the King of the Jews, and Many tried to get him to alter that, but that is who Jesus is. And we'll see before we end this morning that he's not just the king of the Jews, but he's the king to anyone who would allow him residence into their hearts. And so this morning, I want to take us to the book of John, and I want you to see here in the book of John that Jesus is God. Because both of these realities go together and make the true picture. We know that the story and the narrative of Jesus and his birth and his coming is found primarily in Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. But I want you to see a little bit of John's narrative. From John chapter 1 and verse 1. You've been with us throughout this series. You know that the big idea for us This Christmas is the birth of Jesus is a clear expression of God's love poured out for us in one complete and satisfactory gift. And so here's what John says, in the beginning was the word, sounding much like the book of Genesis, right? In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that has been made. Jesus had a hand and a role in the creation experience. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, John doesn't have a detailed birth narrative like we would read in Matthew or Luke, but he says some very powerful words. 
Jesus is on the scene since the beginning, and he brings with him light and life. Now listen, when we go to the six-day creation week, we see these two things already being created, right? And so we're not talking about physical light, nor are we talking about physical life. Rather, these two very priceless and powerful things are supernatural light and eternal life, something we desperately need in our lives, things that have come to combat our sin. I mean, think about it for just a moment. Sin brought death and darkness. That's what the scripture would tell us, right? Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Yet Jesus comes bringing light and eternal life. What a stark contrast, not only in the elements, but in the results of what could come. Darkness leading and lending itself to death, yet life leading Excuse me, light leading to life. Light and life are hopeful opportunities while death and darkness are hopeless realities. Listen, we have record of the invention of electricity. We have record even of the invention of the light bulb, possibly even fire itself like this flame right here. But you know what? Light was spoken into the world. There was no inventor in human form. So the one who spoke light breathed life, and he will also be the one who will give light and life to those who believe. You know, we sing a wide variety of songs during this season, right? And yet one of those songs is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I just want to share with you those lyrics of that third verse where it says these very words, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings, mild he lays his glory by, born that men no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. That's who Jesus is. That's why he came, and that's what we want to remember here this morning. And so just quickly, three observations that I want to make about the gift of light and life, and we're going to find ourselves, we are in the beginning of John, we're going to end with John's writing at the very back of the Bible to see the light that Jesus will supply for us for all eternity. First thing I want you to know, though, is this. Light and life help us see. This is the heartbeat of John 1, right? Sight is something that we would consider essential. No doubt there have been people that have been born blind or have gone blind for various reasons, and they can survive in this world. They can make it with their other senses. But it helps us to know our surroundings. And so even though we may be able to get by with physical blindness, know this, there's a greater issue in our lives, and it's the blindness that is in our hearts. And Jesus came to open our spiritual eyes and to give us light to see what is unseen. That's what Paul would tell us, right? We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on the unseen. 
Because the seen is temporary. But the unseen is eternal. And so I want to invite you with just the next 24 hours that would encompass Christmas and then in sort of a rapid fashion it'll be here and then maybe gone. Let's look to that unseen for the remainder of this Christmas. Fix your eyes on the one who came to help us see by giving light and life. I would also say to you this morning that light and life lead the way. We get a picture of light and life leading the way when we go to the back of Scripture and we go to Revelation chapter 19. And here's what it says in chapter 19 and verse 11. And then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and the one sitting on it was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like flames of fire being able to judge right to the very heart of who we are. And on his head are many diadems. There's that kingly crown. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He's clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. Didn't we just see this? The first part of John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him, and they were on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, and that name is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I want you to notice how Jesus will return one day. It's going to be vastly different than the way he came the first time. He came very poor, very humbly, and very lowly, but yet he will return with his followers in power, glory, and authority for one purpose, to rule and to reign. And this will be a rule of peace and promise, something like the world has never known. We think about the unsettledness, the chaos, the conflict, and the war around the globe. And yet I would tell you that all of those who believe in Him will get to experience something truly magnificent of a peace that surpasses all human understanding. It's what guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus right now in the midst of the surrounding chaos, but it will be what will permeate our lives and what we will experience when He returns. And so light and life, it helps us see. Light and life lead the way. And finally, I want you to see this. Light and life give us hope. Now, if you remember the very last verse from last Sunday's message, and you remember the idea of hope, we were in Matthew then as well, and that last verse said, and in Him, the Gentiles, that's the non-Jew, that's all of us in the room, I would imagine. In Him, the Gentiles will put their hope. Where is that hope found today? I would say it's found in the light of Jesus' eternal presence. Go with me over to Revelation chapter 21 real quick. 
Here's what it says toward the end of the story in Revelation 21 and verse 22, 23, and 24. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And here's verse 23. And the the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives its light, and its lamp is the Lamb Himself. By its light, the nations will walk and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. You know, there are many things to look forward to perhaps this Christmas. Maybe you're looking forward to what will be underneath the tree for you. Maybe you're looking forward to gathering together with family and loved ones. Perhaps you're looking forward to the fact that you're going to take some sort of trip or a vacation throughout this season. But in light of all of that, I would tell you there's something far greater for us to put our minds, attention, and our hearts' affection toward. And that's what is to come when we're reconnected with the Savior, when He returns in all of His glory so that we can join Him in heaven. One of the greatest things about heaven is this. There is no darkness Think about the darkest time in your life, the uncertainty of what may come from your circumstance, be it physically, your health, be it financially, your situation and your resources, whatever it may be, relationally, you were wanting a breakthrough, but maybe you weren't sure if it was going to happen. Whatever darkness of the soul that we've all experienced, know this, there is no darkness in heaven. For Jesus is the light that will sustain us forever. And so this morning, we want to illustrate that with candlelight. So simply, this is how we're going to do this. In just a minute, we're all going to stand. You should have received a candle or picked up a candle when you walked in. And if you did, then I'm going to start the candlelight off of this one singular candle on stage and then we're going to send it around on the outer aisles and just invite you to pass it along as it's kind of lit and the candles on the outer edges of our rows move it towards the center and this will be an illustration of the light of the world who is Jesus Christ.